look hospitality is a love and hate i think for everyone uh, but uh, i love it like i can i can't think uh, me doing something different and uh, you know people say oh you have to put a lot of hours uh, you have to put a lot of effort you don't have a life but to be honest this is my life and uh, the hours that i put is because i want to put because it excites me how much do you need to understand tradition before you can break all the rules we are going to discuss that topic today around pizza with somebody who has been obsessed with pizza for decades. Francesco Ciccio Crifo is a chef at Brocella in Melbourne, a really, really good, super well-run Italian restaurant not too far from the city. Ciccio, welcome to Dirty Linen. Hi, Danny. Thank you very much for inviting me. Really good to have you on the show. And yeah, I have to tell you, I really love what you're doing at Rochella. It's um, it's a machine. You can buy your groceries, you can get takeaway, and you can sit down for excellent Italian food uh, that really is anchored in tradition. But you do go a little bit crazy at times. Yeah, you look, it actually reflects um, what, we, what we are, who we are. Well, tell, tell me about it from your point of view. Like, how does the restaurant reflect you? Look, I've been in hospitality 20 years myself, and uh, I grew up in, uh, in uh, hospitality because my father has been always in hospitality. And uh, my partners um, have been in hospitality as well all their life. Uh, they've been artisan at the start with their uh, family bakery, then uh, into franchising for many years. Um, still in hospitality, still food industry. Uh, so it's a combination uh, of, uh, you know, um, op- operationally run, smooth, uh, like managed well, and the artisan uh, side as well. Uh, I think we combine very well both worlds and it reflects uh, in everyday operations since you step in. So everything has been, uh, has been thought since uh, the first step uh, customer uh, uh, doing our, in our restaurant. So it's all a journey. Yeah, interesting. So yeah, the, your business partners were part of the Schnitz crew, which is a very successful franchise. And I think there's something that you can, that, you know, I didn't know that when I ate at Rochella, but I could just feel that everything was super well run. It's a busy place. It's a couple of hundred seats. Um, the front of house have got headsets on. If you're like, everyone knows what's going on. Nothing happens without um, it being, uh, yeah, watched and um, kept under control. It's a, it's a, But at the same time, yeah, there's a lot of love in the food a lot of um, genuine touches and care. So I think I really, when it, when you told me about this, um, this franchise uh, side to some of the people working in the business, it all made sense. It just, uh, yeah, it's that, it's that combination of excellent systems and passion. Look, it's a challenge. It's a challenge because um, <clears throat> the first challenge I face is when you open a pizzeria and uh, here in Australia, pizzeria is, uh, I don't know, the expectation of a pizzeria is just a very, very casual, almost a fast food. And, um, you know, it's, it's not like this. I mean, it's, it's more as a slow food, as we call in Italy, where, uh, yes, it's a pizzeria, but there is a lot of effort behind, uh, starting from the research of the ingredients, but also in the training 
of our management and uh, our, uh, our uh, flow staff. So yes, it's a casual um, a service, but you know there is a lot behind. There is a lot of training. There is a lot of uh, um, uh, step by step operationally. Uh, so it's uh, it was a challenge, but I think we managed well to um, you know to 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 give the experience and to translate on everyday um, service. And I mean, as you said, you 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 had that feeling, and without knowing. Yeah, absolutely. I felt like there was this really slick machine whirring around me and I could just relax and enjoy. Um, so, Chicho, I really want to dig into pizza because, you know, every every now and then, pretty often actually, I just think, you know what I need? I need a pizza and it has to be really good. It has to be well made. It's simple food, but there's so much detail in it. I mean, I'd love you to talk about your background in pizza. Was it all? Was it always there? Uh, look, as I said, I grew up in a restaurant, a family restaurant. <clears throat> Even now, though my dad, my father told me, uh, do whatever you want in your life, but never get into hospitality. Uh, well, <laughs> I didn't listen. It didn't end up uh, as he wanted. Uh, so the first step I did is in the kitchen when I, when I was really young, like 15. So I'm 36. So I've, I've been in behind the, the pizzeria, behind the kitchen for 21 years. And I, I never stopped. I never changed job. So I think I really, since this, the day I stepped in the, in the kitchen, in the pizzeria, I really love that artist uh, aspect and I really love the fact that you never stop learning and in actual fact I, I still uh, these days after 21 years I still learn new things new technique experimenting um, so starting from a young young um, let's say kitchen and uh, my hero was the pizza chef that was in the pizzeria but then you know after that, you start to explore and you see other pizza makers and you see other technique, what they're doing, and you start to follow them and you have your guru and then you follow the guru. But then at one point with many, many years of experience, uh, let, let's say you become the guru uh, and uh, you start to experiment yourself. So I think at one point of my life, uh, and I think in every in every uh, job in every industry, you don't follow anyone else. You just create your own rule. You create your own rule because you have your own philosophy. So after many many years, and now here I am. I have my philosophy. Uh, I've been experimenting. I've been teaching. I've been uh, uh, trying. I had my businesses. So uh, my philosophy now is what I serve in the pizzeria Rochella is who I am. So I like to uh, give in the plate um, something that reflect my my experience, uh, my past experience, um, uh, my future plan, uh, my years of exp experimenting, and my philosophy. So in, when you step in a Rochella, you can see in the menu something different where we serve four different pizza dough. Plus, we have sometimes a special of the month. Here you go, but pizza is pizza, yeah, but it's not. So you can see the classic uh, base made with uh, uh, Italian uh, wheat imported and sourdough that we, we have our liquid starter that we grow ourselves. Then you can have uh, um, um, a Romana style, which is a, a different style of pizza where it's very thin that we make with local grain. 
uh, local grain, meaning like we know exactly where the grain, where the wheat was grown. We know the farm, the farmer, and we know which grain is inside the bag. So we, we do the style. We also have a black charcoal, which uh, was an experiment, but you know, people love it. It's uh, um, something they, 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 they see very different because it's like black pizza. Uh, looks like burn, but it's not burnt. Uh, we have a lot of jokes around the black pizza burn. And then we have the gluten-free, which we are very strong uh, because my wife is celiac. So I had to master that if I, uh, if I don't want to sleep in the, in the couch. And uh, <laughs> it come up very well. I mean, it's been many years that I've been doing gluten-free. And then we have the special of the month where we play a lot with fermentation, like being, I don't know, using uh, fermented water from fruit or vegetables rather than the yeast. Uh, we play a lot with uh, different grain, um, different variety of grain, which people are new to and because at new to it, every month, every two months, we do pizza degustation, pizza masterclass, where I try to explain, I try to, you know, open their mind to, to know what they're eating. So know what the what the grain they're eating, what is the fermentation, what actual, uh, where the ingredient come from, because for us it's very important. And I think this is my philosophy. So this is what I like to put in the plate. And, uh, you know, it makes me very proud when people like you come in and say, oh, I like this pizza, I like this operation, I like this restaurant. That will really, what pays, what pays us. Um, so a lot of migrants come to Australia and they find that they can be more creative and experimental with their, the cuisine from their country of origin here than they could be back home. Do you think it's like that for you with pizza? Oh, look, <laughs> I think being a chef, you have to be creative. And uh, you can't have limits. It's just your way to put ingredients together. In actual fact, uh, you can see in our menu that we have pizza with pineapple, which which is very unusual uh, in an Italian restaurant. And this is because you know it's a taboo, like from old old mentality, old people, because I believe they didn't put the ingredients together very well. Uh, but if you actually use the pineapple uh, in, in, a, in a different way, you can come up with a pizza like we serve, the smoky ananas. Uh, so it's, yeah, you can. <laughs> you can change things. Well, you better, you better tell us how you make pineapple on pizza acceptable, Ticho. <laughs> yeah, acceptable, that's a good word. And uh, I challenge a lot of Italians when they come to eat at the restaurant. I go like, look, just try and not let me, tell me. Uh, look, we buy fresh pineapple, uh, we roast in our oven, and when it's roasted, then we close so all the humidity uh, stay inside, because then we also need the liquid um, uh, from the, from the uh, pineapple to create like a smoky uh, glaze. Um, so then we marinate with that liquid, we leave it marinated for a few days. So that would be very tender, um, very tender pineapple and smoky taste. And then we combine with uh, mozzarella cheese. And uh, after cooking, we put uh, fresh prosciutto uh, shaved and uh, stracciatella and the glaze, the smoky glaze on top and black pepper. 
So we, we try to combine, you know, the acidity, um, the, the sweet of the pineapple with the saltiness of the prosciutto, uh, with a stracciatella, which is neutral. So it, it, you know, it just balance a little bit. And then the smoky, just to give that, uh, uh, taste of smoky barbecue pineapple. I love it. Well, I've had that pizza and it is delicious. Um, it's it's definitely not a Hawaiian pizza like you get from the local pizza shop. Um, it's got a lot of yeah integrity and, as you say, creativity. Um, yeah, it really feels like you're thinking about yeah there's really feels like there's no limits when you think about what you can what you can do with pizza. Um, Chicho, I want to ask you about Australian or and Italian ingredients. There's a, a lot of Italian pizza chefs here, are, you know, very particular. They want to use the tomatoes they were using back home. They want to use the flour they were using back home. What's your approach to this? Uh, this has been like a big discussion with my colleagues, uh, with my Italian colleagues. Look, it's, um, I would say it's a comfort zone using Italian products uh, because we know how to use it. I mean, we grow up there. So especially for people that learn the job in Italy and then they moved here, um, they feel comfortable using them because they grew up with the taste, they grew up with the tomato, with the flour. Uh, but as I said, then you create your own philosophy and my own philosophy is I'm in Australia, uh, I'm sure they have beautiful products. I want to explore them. And many years ago, I started to explore what Australia can give. And I started to, you know, searching for uh, grain, so for flour made here. I started to look for cheese, for tomatoes. And it actually, I actually find out that the product is unbelievable. It's amazing. Um, there is a little bit of lack of how to uh, make these products performing for the pizzeria, but it's just a matter of Italians been doing this for many years. But I find like, I don't know, that's amore cheese with Giorgio. He's an Italian, but he only use local milk. So with his knowledge, he can transform uh, the Australian produce to an Italian, um, let's say, product uh, that perform well for the product. And then I find out also like farmers, uh, they produce tomato. They've been doing tomatoes for 50 years, but they never thought about making pizza sauce. And then, you know, slowly, slowly, you start to talk, they experiment, and here we go. I'm now using uh, uh, peeled tomato from Victoria. And uh, same thing with the grain. I've been working with many farmers, uh, uh, provenance from New South Wales, uh, Turong Farm from uh, Mornington Peninsula. Uh, Jason from Turong Farm is a gentleman. He's, he's obsessed, obsessed with different grain varieties. Uh, they, they're not easy to use, and that's why I think many uh, colleagues um, try you know to not to experiment too much uh they're not easy to use but you know with the right combination with the right knowledge and technique uh you can have a product that is amazing i mean when you eat it you you can tell the difference uh there is many products like this in italy as well but they are very short uh shelf life which makes it very hard to exp to import in australia and that's why we can find the same products that we can source here from Italy, only because the shelf life is very short. 
So it would be it wouldn't be impossible to import uh, same uh, ancient grain. Let's say just to nominate, nominate some uh, from Italy. That's really interesting. I mean, we've had Jason Cotter from Turong Farm on our producers podcast, and it is so interesting what he's doing down on the Mornington Peninsula with different types of wheat and other grains. Um, yeah, it's so interesting to hear you talk about, you know, them being difficult to use, but that you get this payoff in this incredible result. I mean, it makes me think we've sort of even the idea that that flour or wheat should be consistent is perhaps we've sort of gone down the wrong path with the, with that thinking, haven't we? Exactly. Look, if you ask Jason or any other farmer in Australia that really cares about what they're doing and you ask them to produce a zero or double zero flour, their answer would be no just no there's no negotiable and the reason is because zero and double zero are very performing very yeah, easy to use um, but they, you you lose all the nutrients you lose all the um, the flavor the taste of the grain it get lost so w- w- what is the point the point is they use zero and double zero just because you know consistency maybe or performance you know, these days, <laughs> unfortunately, with social media especially, uh, people eat with, with their eyes. So when you have a very big crust, but like beautiful pizza on Instagram, and you put that like, and you go, oh, that looks amazing. But you don't know if it really tastes amazing. You know what I mean? So sometimes the ugly pizza, because it didn't perform, or because you use a different grain, it might be tastier. Yeah, I mean, chefs understand that, you know, they they buy, I don't know, tomato or uh, or an oyster or whatever, and they know that it's going to change through the season that, and that they'll need to adjust the way they use it because of that. But I think we've grown away from this idea that flour is, is like that as well, that it's a live product. Of course, of course it is. And there's many varieties. If you come in my restaurant, I've, I've got a storage with uh, I think 15 or 18 bags and uh, bags you, you you see the writing Aragon or uh, Triticale or I don't know Lancer Spitfire and people goes what, what, what is this it's just flour isn't it but no it's not it's different wheat different grain they have different spe- specialties and uh, different taste and of course, a different technique when you use them. And so with with zero and double zero, Chicho, I mean, I, what does that actually mean? Is it is it the is it the fineness of the flour or what? It, yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, correct. So they get the grain and they use the old meal, the type of two, type of one, type of zero, and type of zero zero. And so. Why can't a, a, a miller like Jason at Turong Farm just do double zero? Is it because it you can make the grain that fine, but then it doesn't operate in the way that you would expect a double zero would operate? It just goes against their the philosophy where they really want the grain to be the hero product. And uh, at zero double zero, you lose all the nutrients, all the taste. You lose the story. The, the 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 story and uh, you know the the characteristic of the grain right it's yeah so interesting so it's like it's like you just blitz away all the integrity of it and the thing that makes it what it is exactly right ha huh, that's so interesting i want to ask you about pasta because i'm sure you've got 
interesting views on on flour for pasta as well. We have uh, fresh pasta. Um, we don't make in house, but we source from a, a small artisan. The, it's very small artisan. He makes pasta uh, just for a few restaurants. Um, he used zero um, from Italy, imported from Italy. Um, he makes without eggs because we have a big market for uh, vegan um, uh, in our restaurant. Um, he delivers twice a week so we can keep it fresh. Um, we try sometimes to make uh, our pasta as a special with uh, Turong Farm uh, flour. And, you know, it's for pasta, it's easier than pizza because there is not a lot of uh, processing steps or fermentation behind it. And the taste is amazing. Um, you know, sometimes it can be too strong the flavor so i always say it is for the person that is looking for something different for a different taste mm, yeah yeah you're really tasting the the wheat i reckon with his when you make yeah i've had because he's making pasta as well now so i've had some of that and it's um yeah it's delicious there's so much character in it but yeah as you say it's not a, it's not a quiet pasta no exactly you you wouldn't ex- i mean it's not what you expect and uh this is our challenge. Uh, another big challenge that we have is, uh, uh, you know, as I said before, being a pizzeria and people like have the expectation of the pizzeria and the pizzaiolo just being a pizza maker, a simple pizza maker. And that's why we do the degustation and uh, um, we collaborating with chefs, very well-known chefs. They, they know the technique, they are professional. And uh, we combine the toppings of the chef and I put the pizza base we do this different uh, degustation where it's this combination of the topping and the pizza base where we play with different pizza style, different fermentation, different wheat with the toppings, very extravagant toppings. And this is because we want to show uh, that pizza is not just a pizza. There is a lot behind. And the pizza maker is as equal as a chef. We put so much effort, so much research behind, and we have the same passion. So searching for the good product, uh, searching and learning new technique. So it's nothing different from pizza chef and and a chef. And that has been always my, uh, let's say, my challenge. And um, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, get into the, um, uh, uh, say, expectation from people and teaching people that pizza is not just a pizza. I mean, do you th- has that been a challenge for you throughout your career where you feel like your skills and creativity are not respected in the same way that a chef's, you know, another, another type of chef's would be? Especially in Australia, yes. In Italy, it's different. But in Australia, there is still the mentality of the pizza shop being the local pizza shop that does pizza takeaway and uh, you can find anyone making pizzas. Interesting. And do you feel like that perception is changing? Like, is your is your outreach, your campaigning, is it working? Is it working? Is it working? And, uh, you know, slowly, slowly, other pizza makers are, you know, looking what I'm doing and they say, oh, you know what, he's right. We should all come together and uh, make the pizza uh, a different, you know, I'm not making the pizza, but making people understanding that the pizza can be many things. You know, there is this research behind the grain and the ingredients and the, and the local grain and uh, these techniques. 
So slowly, slowly, I think uh, we're going to get there. It will take a little bit of effort, especially we need more uh, colleagues to come on board. I can see chefs, I mean, the last chefs that I collaborated with for the degustation, they've been very excited, very excited, and they loved it. So with chef, yeah, I would say it's a little bit easier because they have a little bit more open-minded. Um, pizza makers, um, it's, you know, it's hard. It's hard because, uh, you know, there's not many Italian pizza makers here at the moment. Um, it's something new uh, from Italy. And, uh, you know, it will take a little bit. It will take a little bit of time. Are you? Are there any Australian pizza makers that you think are doing an amazing job? They're doing amazing jobs, absolutely, absolutely. They've been uh, they've been watching Italians, and now they learned. And I can see a lot of pizzeria, especially these uh, American style, like New York style, Chicago style. They're doing an amazing, amazing job. That's cool. So you you so you're okay with American style pizza as well? Absolutely, absolutely. As I said, for me, there is no limitation. As soon as you have the knowledge of putting the products and ingredients together very well. Yeah, love it. What about um, all the home pizza makers now, Ciccio, with the with the, the Gosni or the Uni, the, all these little home ovens? What do you think about that uh, craze? I think we, we are very, very lucky. <laughs> I mean, when I started to teach people making pizza home back 15 years ago, uh, the only oven they had was uh, the home oven, I mean, the electric oven, the static, and some lucky person would have a, a wood fire oven in the backyard. Uh, these days, we just uh, not expensive. You can buy electric, gas, uh, wood, small, uh, bigger and anyone can make uh, a good pizza like we make at the restaurant at home so very lucky we also have these mixers uh, pizza dough mixers to these days they are like a mini version of what we use professionally so you don't see that as as competition no absolutely not in actual fact many people use uh, uh, these small ovens to start uh, to start catering uh, businesses and uh, this during uh, after COVID was, I think, like a good thing to see. I think, um, you know, having got those, experimented with those ovens at home and made some pretty good pizzas, uh, I, I think it's also made me appreciate what people like you do even more um, with that consistency and especially being able to work with uh, different grains and, um, yeah, create nice pizzas from them. I think um, it's it's really um, reinforced for me how much work it is to make a great pizza. <laughs> but look, in actual fact, the masterclass, the pizza masterclass that we do, now, now they are more full than ever <laughs> because people buy this uh, equipment for home. They try themselves. They look for recipes on uh, YouTube, Google, online, um, and uh, they come make it right. And then they come to the, to the pizza masterclass. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah, it works, works well for you as well. Um, so Chicho, like Rochella is a, is a, it's right on the edge of the city. It's in East Melbourne near the MCG. It's it's also you know East Melbourne is such a, a tight knit neighbourhood. I'd love you to talk about your community, um, how you create a restaurant for a neighbourhood, um, what you do to foster that. 
Uh, look, before East Melbourne, when um, we're looking for a site, we've been through, I think, 17 sites, all in areas that would reflect, um, um, you know, our philosophy, our uh, concept. And uh, when we came across then East Melbourne, we thought, you know what, this is not just a simple restaurant. This is iconic. This, he, this can be something iconic that can be here for the long, long term. And uh, we opened and then we've been very unlucky with the COVID eight weeks after we opened. Um, so as the first few weeks, you know, everyone panicked. But then, you know, we still had a good business during uh, morning and lunch because we are surrounded by uh, hospitals and medicals and private so that was easy. So when they came in, we started to ask them what they were looking for, what they needed. Uh, so we catered for what they need. And, um, and same thing we did at, at night. At night, we, we went takeaway. We've been delivering ourselves. And we've been asking what they need was. So we collected all this information during COVID. And when we opened, we just changed what we were offering and we tailored, we tailored just for what the lo local people wanted. And, uh, you know, during COVID, local people couldn't travel more than four kilometers, which, uh, you know, for us was, you know, better because was not much around in four kilometers and we were open. So coming every day and uh, during COVID, what we were, people were looking for social interaction and that social interaction actually made us uh, part of the community where we know exactly what they do, their names, we know the, 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 the grandchildren, we know the, the children and everything. And, uh, you know, this has been growing and growing and growing. And, and now, you know, we, we became an iconic and local um, local restaurant. And we love, we love the community. So we what we've done through COVID is just, you know, making stronger connection, a stronger relationship with the community. Love it. And Chicho, let's finish with some advice. Um, you know, you're a chef, you're a restaurateur, you've got a lot of experience. What advice would you give to people who are perhaps, you know, not as experienced as you, whether it's uh, from a chefing point of view or from running a restaurant point of view? What do you think is really important in doing what you do? Look, this has been one of my biggest challenges in my life, in my career, uh, becoming a, a business owner. Uh, from a pizza chef or a, or a chef where we, as a chef, we have a different mentality. We believe in things. Uh, and then when you become business owners, you understand that, you know, it's decisions making can be driven by ego, has to be driven, uh, you know, by results. Um, and, you know, things change. So I think for me, the biggest uh, thing that I learned in my career is knowing both worlds. So knowing being a chef and pizza chef, floor and all the stuff side, and also learning being a business owner. So I like to sit in the middle. I, I met and I, I got to know both sides of the business. And I like to be in the middle so I can filter information between the both sides and finding best solution for both sides. So the best advice that I can give, especially to chef, pizza chef, uh, even floor, 
it's learning more about the business side, which meaning operation, um, uh, you know, all the Australian regulation, um, you know, being uh, um, employing people and all the rule about paying and um, uh, important about training staff and the uh, well-being, uh, mental health in, in, in the restaurant. Um, it's all the operational stuff, financial marketing. There is a lot behind when you own a business and you have to manage a business. And, you know, as a chef, your job and you feel proud uh, to make beautiful dishes and the customer appreciate. As a business owner, you feel proud when your team is strong, um, you have, a, you have created a good culture inside your your staff members, uh, your team, and also you have um, a good culture with your uh, customers, but also that uh, you are making profit because if you're not making profit, you're not good at your job and it's not, it's not sustainable. And if it's not sustainable, guess what? Then you got to close and everything you believe and the, the, the chef dream, the floor staff dream, everything close and you can you can uh, keep doing it do you love what you do look hospitality is a love and hate i think for everyone uh but uh, i love it like i can i can't think um me doing something different and uh you know people say oh you have to put a lot of hours uh you have to put a lot of effort you don't have a life but to be honest this is my life and uh, the hours that I put is because I want to put because it excites me. Love it, Chicho. So well said. Um, been such a pleasure to chat to you. I really need to come in and try all the other pizzas. Um, thank you for sharing your knowledge, wisdom and stories with us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for the possibility to share my uh, ideas. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.